Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people, the jockeys, the horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time Last now race. for punters post mortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to punters post mortem. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this 7th of June. Dave Stanley with you this morning. And our panel of experts will be along very, very soon. Uh, Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. Big weekend of racing right across the country. We might have earthed a, a nice little filly down there in, well, when I say a nice little filly, she's a beauty. The Frankel Princess Coop uh, filly, uh, which we saw went down there at Flemington. There was plenty of uh, uh, good fillies on show too in that Queensland Oaks and Great to see Ed Cummings get a Group 1 and etch his name. What a magnificent story that is with the Cummings family. And in Sydney, well, it was a matter of finding the right run. And uh, there were some big moves there. We'll talk to Glenn Munsey about in regards to Saturday racing at uh, Rose Hill. But as I say, good morning, firstly, to Ron Doversy. Ron, a lot spoken in the media about Ed Cummings. He was very confident uh, going into the race when we spoke to him on HQ last week. But what about the betting move? Um... I was uh, flicked it on in the morning to listen to you guys and listen to HQ and then had some stuff to do on Saturday. Flicked on the TV and I couldn't believe it was 280 SP. It was a huge go. Um, there was a, some really big goes at, in Brisbane on Saturday. They were out in force, the, 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 big, the big players, and there were some, uh, some were proven correct and some went down, but uh, she was probably one of the main goes in such a big race and, and she firmed right up and... Uh, they were 100% correct, plenty of confidence in the camp through with Ed and a confident jockey and Bowman, and they were proven correct. A, a terrific training performance. You know, he, I know he, he, Ed may have played it down and said, oh, well, I've done it with her before, seven weeks between runs and, and winning, but that was at a mile and a benchmark 72, not at 2,200 in a Group 1. Mm. So I, I thought it was a, a magnificent show of confidence in his own ability, his horse's ability. And uh, he, he, the planning was uh, very, very astute. And I think the big thing too, and he was quite level-headed uh, when he spoke with Greg after the race, and uh, that obviously is up on the socials now, but you would have catched it on Sky Thoroughbred Central on Saturday. But um, I think he was quite personally satisfied because obviously, you know, James, we know, uh, went out on his own and he was uh, doing his own thing, winning Group 1s, and then obviously got the opportunity to work at Godolphin, and obviously you're dealing with a number of Lamborghinis and Ferraris there, and that's a big operation. But to start this from scratch at Hawkesbury uh, and work your way through and obviously have this opportunity, um, that must be very self-satisfying for him. Oh, definitely. You know, he he didn't have the silver spoon put in front of him there. He went out and he had to rent some boxes. He had to find horses, and it, which is not easy to do when you're first starting off. And to get a result like this so soon is um, is pretty good. You know, he's, it's outstanding. You know, to think that she was his first city winner, and then yeah. his first stakes winner, and then he's he obviously uh, the Group One on the board. So he's got himself a pretty good filly here, and she's uh, looks a real stayer, doesn't she? Yeah, and got her at the golf club too. He was down the local golf club with. Uh and uh, having a beer one night, and that's how he uh, he got the horse and obviously got the ownership uh, and those guys involved, so that's fantastic. I'll go down and say day to Dean Lester. Dean, I started by mentioning a very regally bred filly who, she was dual nommed. She was nommed for, uh, uh, for yesterday at Geelong, but they elected to run in the, the down the straight with Zara on board. Uh, 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 how do I say the name? Is it uh, Argentina? Argenta? Do you know? Argentia. Argentia, that's the one. So it's by Frankel out of Princess Coop for the Camilleri family. Yes, uh, she's a beauty. She probably, uh, whilst all eyes were on the uh, I'm Invincible Black Caviar, uh, the, the other regularly bred filly uh, slipped under the system a bit. Uh, she trolled pretty well, but uh, you just knew she'd be better over further. For, so for her to win like that on Saturday was a bonus. And I'll go as far to say she's probably the, been the best two-year-old filly in Melbourne this season. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know, she. Uh, we haven't. Uh, I, you know, the Colts were significantly better, uh, with the exception of um, Enthar, who came down after one run in Sydney. I would say, you know, of the horses that started in Melbourne, she's the best uh, debutante for sure. Wow! And when you say that, uh, obviously, you know, if that was the, the the best, I mean, the way she's bred, she's only going to get better next season. Yes. Yeah. I think. Uh, look, she's a thousand guineas for the uh, listening to Sam Friedman speak about her uh they're putting her on the same path as shoals in the spring 
uh, the Atlantic Jewel, the Guineas Prelude, the Guineas, and the uh, and maybe the Empire Rose. So uh, you know they've they've got uh, strong ambitions for and strong direction with us straight away. Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, good morning to you. Uh, Duff alluded to it uh, just before that there were some really big moves in some racing, not only in in Brisbane but in Sydney. Uh, good morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dino. Yeah, there was some significant moves, uh, Dave, during the day. Some did come off, as Ronnie said, uh, like Jewess in the Queensland Oaks. Uh, also, majestic shot in the last race at Rose Hill, who sat there as a $5 chance uh, most of the day, and then an hour or so before the race was into as short as $3.30 and ran favourite in the last. Um, but... Uh, you know, some of them did come off and, and others didn't, but I'd say they finished just in front, the, the really big goes. They kicked off the day with a, a significant move in the first in Brisbane, incentivise, who'd come off wins at the sunny coast in Toowoomba and uh, led them a merry yeah. dance in that first race in Brisbane, and, the, and they finished with majestic shots. So they started well and finished well. Uh, let's. Uh, there's a couple of texts here, and I'll come back to you, Duff. I know we'll, we'll obviously talk about the, the big races here in Brisbane, but just from afar, and Munz, you can chime in here, and even Dino... Uh, how should we assess the Sydney racing on Saturday in terms of that? Of the, it seemed like there was a, a certain area or a certain place in the run you had to be. It was difficult to be getting out wide and, and coming down the centre. So when you're reviewing the meeting and putting your notes in for form, what would you suggest be for punters? Well, it's a typical Rosehill six-metre rail. And, you know, I think there's a pattern there, a, you know, up up on pace, and um, you know, it's pretty hard to, to swoop out wide at Rose Hill in the best of times. When there's a six-metre rail, you need a little bit to go right. Maybe you've got to save ground, but there's an art in it. And uh, I think that, that that played out pretty pretty norm on Saturday, as, as we'd expect. Um, you know, sometimes that you, you think you're going to swoop out wide and get right over the top of them, um, especially in the shorter races, and it, it doesn't happen. They, they seem to loom, but they don't run right through the line. So yeah. it's tough work. Munns? Oh, most definitely, Dave. We say it all the time, particularly what we call the circle races at Rose Hill. So the 1100s and the 1200s. We had three races there over those distances on Saturday. The highway was an 1100. It was won by Distillate, who had an inside draw bounce to the lead, and could they couldn't run it down. Uh, the 1200 was won by Shadow Crush, who camped on the leaders. And the last was 1200, won by Majestic Shot. And it had to get the ride of the day. Mm. because uh, he had punch. one intention only, Reese Jones, was to fire it out of the barriers and cross from the outside draw and dictate, and he just hit the ground and said, well, I'm going straight ahead here, and I'm going to carve across lead, and I'm not going to take the foot off the pedal uh, at any stage of the race, and that's what won at the race. Munz, did you, uh, and, and Duff here, did you have majestic shots in your own personal form, you know, doing something like that? Because it had been at the front before in its life, uh, but it seemed like the marketplace knew that Reese was going to be quite positive on the horse. I didn't. Um, I, I know she's got speed, and my, my play in that race was I thought, oh, well, I had the third filly doing what the winner did. Um, I had expat controlling the race late in the day, and off she goes. And I... And I had a feeling that maybe Majestic Shot there was a, still had to prove herself at 1,200 metres. And then my other feeling in the race was her best run was at a previous start when they rode a quiet. Um, so they, they, they caught us on the hop there, and it was a winning move. As Glenn said, it was a very smart ride considering the circumstances on the day. Did that deserve and, a COT? Um, pro- probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I would think it it, it should have. So um, I didn't sort of double check the stewards' map to see where they had her. But the it, stewards' map had it running about seventh. Yes, there you go. Uh, at least four pairs back. Uh, if you go back through a career, a first run in a race, she sat outside the lead at Orange. Uh, the next day at Port Macquarie, she missed the start and came from last. Uh, and then at Goulburn and also at Gosford and Hawkesbury, she'd been sort of in the first few. And she was back in the in the ruck the other day, and uh, you know, I, I I've had her going back only due to the fact she had you know thirteen alley in it, when in the original field thirteen or fourteen, um, and I didn't think she had enough speed to sort of cross from the outside alley, even though there was a race that didn't look to be electric speed, always difficult to you know cross and and keep going, and she had to stretch out to twelve hundred, but. She, 
she just dictated the race, and, and that's what won of the race. Mm. I don't, I don't mind shock tactics, I, um, especially when it's a regimented map where everyone says, ah, oh, this is a picnic. Yeah, in of front. course. Um, I, I think shock tactics will have worked on Saturday, but obviously it's not the norm these days, considering the rules of racing, which um, sometimes I, I roll my eyes at. Um, every race is, you know, the, the pattern changes throughout the day, and why not use a um, a little bit of shock tactics, which happened there because he come out and no one was expecting it, and maybe caught maybe caught Clipperton on the hop, saying, "Well, I'm going to just I'm just going to amble to the front here. There's nothing going to happen," uh, but it happened all quickly. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of market support too, wasn't there, Glenn? Was, would Majestic Shop be one of the better goes of the day? Uh, on the day, Dave, yes. Yes. Yes, it yeah. was just continued support. But mainly, as I said, only about an hour before the race. It wasn't as if it went off in the morning and and kept firming during the day. You know, it, it was still the same price um, midway through the afternoon as it was in the morning. I'll tell okay. you what was a big go on Saturday, Natoya. Um, she was absolutely hammered, and she was five dollars two eighty. Yeah, and she'd had forty three runs uh, before Saturday, and only started single figures on eight occasions mm-hmm. in those forty three runs. And Saturday was the shortest price she has started in her career. What did you make of that track at Eagle Farm, uh, Duff? Yep, I thought it uh, played pretty fair again. There's obviously going to be. Um, isolated cases where you, horses didn't seem to go at all in it. And Splintex probably a classic example there, but he might be something. Something mightn't have been right with him. But all in all, it's um, it's it's a different track. It's a different track. There's no real grass cover on it, uh, but it's played okay. They're, they're they're doing their best with the situation they got. Um, I think eventually something will be done with it again. Um, but it's just a, the. It seems I'm no I'm no expert, but it, it just seems the wrong grass. It seems the, mm. you know, they're they're, they're they're catering for a, you know, a monsoonal weather, um, every week. You know, it's a it's a track that, you know, we're talking about sunny Queensland. Uh, so look, I, I I got no issues. I, I think I've seen it worse than it has been the last two two weeks. Before we get to Nathan Exelby from the BRC, I might come down to you here, Dino. Um, a couple of punters here wanting to know your thoughts on Luna Flair and what a win. Uh, I did watch that race, uh, that last race, and gave it none on the turn, I'll be honest. Um, there was good support around for fifth position for Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr., but, geez, he can ride Michael D, can't he? Uh, he's a very good rider, a uh, very patient rider, and... Uh so that horse suited him really well on Saturday, uh, Luna Flair. And, yeah, she was you know, in an awkward spot coming to the turn, but there was probably, if you'd backed her going in, there wasn't, she was always going to be there. She was going to be back and needing luck. But he, he yeah, cut his way through the field, and, and she won f- fifth position. Might have been a second up, sort of put in a big run first up at Warnable. Ran okay on Saturday, but uh, might have just raced a little bit flat second up and on drier ground too. It was on the, the wet ground at Warnable, which it might have really relished too. All right, perfect. We're going to take a break, boys. As I mentioned, Nathan X will be from the BRC will join us after this. The Bob Charlie Stakes 2019. Bonamy got to the front. Deprive with the final shot. Here he comes, the favourite Deprive, going after Bonamy and Deprive does it again. The Bob Charlie Stakes 2020. Classique Legend and Snitz going to the front, 100 out. Classique Legend, Snitz, Southern Lad closing in. Classique Legend in front, they're on the Bob Charlie and Classique Legend gets the money. Let the Everest negotiations begin. The Bob Charlie Stakes, this Saturday from Randwick on Sky Sports Radio. Like Loz's Multi, does your punters club still need all the help it can get? The guys at Sticky Wings are kicking on with their support of punters clubs in pubs and clubs with free chicken wings every week. Get Sticky on the punt by registering your details at stickywings.com.au and the Sticky crew will be in touch. Sticky Wings, the official chicken wing sponsor of punters clubs. Keep an area for the next big announcement for punters. Stickywings.com.au Written by, like Extreme Choice, he won the Blue Diamond. But it's written by, written by for Jordan Childs. What a victory! Like Capitalist, he's a champion two-year-old colt 
by Written Tycoon. Written by punched out about a length and a quarter encryption. Too good, too classy. Written by. Unlike Written Tycoon, capitalist and extreme choice, you can breed to Written by for less than $25,000 this season. Written by. Write your own destiny. Standing at Widden Stud. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, it's uh, time to head up to Brisbane, and we're going to join Nathan Exelby now from the Brisbane Racing Club. Morning, Nathan. Morning, Dave. How are you going? Very good, mate. Uh, you're with uh, Duff, Dino and Munns. Uh, we were just discussing before the the brilliance of uh, Ed Cummings and obviously uh, Jewess. i tell you one thing I did notice um, uh, on the sound effects coming through Skybird Thoroughbred Central and was there was a lot of uh, ambience, like crowd noise coming through. Um, how big was the crowd there at Eagle Farm on Saturday? Not sure. I haven't, I haven't asked for the numbers, but it wouldn't be any more than 6,000, which is what we had the, the week before. Um, but there has been a really good atmosphere at the races this carnival, and part of the reason that they haven't spread it out as much as they had previously. Previously, the, you'd have marquees sprawled down the entire home straight, whereas this year they've kept it more compact, and that's that's helped build a better atmosphere. Beautiful. Uh, what was your performance of the day, Nathan? I'm going to go to race one. I was I was gobsmacked by what I saw there by incentivise, and I know it was only a lowly benchmark eighty, but I'd be thinking that he'll be winning uh, nice staying races. This horse, he's run good time from the front. He's zipped home in thirty four two, which is only marginally slower than what they did in the Lightning. It was a an eye popping performance for mine, coming off a, a low race at Toowoomba, and, and Steve Trigay's yeah. got a habit of finding one, and he's found another what's one he, here. What's he uh, What's he look like, Duff? Yeah, he's a rangy sort of a horse. Um, I thought he was a magnificent performance as well, and the market forecasted. I thought he was a very interesting horse. He, he's most <clears throat> most of that form leading in was on softer tracks. That's what I was sort of wanted to see him. He, like when he won at the Sunshine Coast, I think it was a, a soft seven, and then he went on a soft six before that, and it was a soft five when he put a margin on him, but. Uh, considering that was only his seventh start, he's really turned the corner winning his last four. He is a very interesting horse, and I see he's by that Seamus Award as well, yes. Seamus Dewey, and he's doing a really good job, that stallion, I tell you. And, and he's, he, he's producing he, a couple of nice stayers. He can produce one, Nathan, Steve Tregea, for a, for a <laughs> trainer that doesn't have a massive number of horses. He can find a goodie. He can, and breeds them himself. He used to be a commercial breeder, Glenn, and, and sell sell at Magic Millions and the like. In recent years, he's sort of just turned to just breeding to himself. So you often see him come up with, a, 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 obscure is probably not the right word, but an obscure stallion in terms of ones that he thinks is going to work for his mare as opposed to thinking about which ones are going to work for, better for the for the sale ring. And, and yeah, mm. small team, but he's nearly always got a good horse and he'll have a straight break chance with Nick and Ova this weekend as well. He's a trader. He's a real trader. I think he trades a lot of horses. and So he's a good seller. Yep. Um, as far as if he if he, if he gets a good horse, he's not scared to sell it. Did he? I reckon he might have had that yeah. horse that went to Hong Kong, didn't he? Commander yeah. Conquer, Commander yeah. Conquer. Yeah. yeah, that's the yeah. that's and he 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 ummed and hard for a long time about selling that horse, but in the end, he said the money was just too big to to turn his back on. Right, um, a couple of texts here, Nathan. I'll get a comment from all of you boys. Uh, in that Phoenix, I mean, there's a bit of chat about Volcanic Rock possibly being sold overseas as well. But just your opinion on the turn. Yeah, I know from, from watching live, I thought Nash was just going to go bang on Verbeek. He looked to be travelling, didn't he? Mm. He, he, he bit, uh, Volcanic Rock's a uh, well, work in progress. He seemed to stop and start, and Craig had to wake him up three or four times in the run. So um, I don't know how strong that race, race was, um, but it was a lovely target for him, and, and he could well be a, a lovely trade trade horse as well uh, if, with that talk around. Uh, but I think that race, Nathan, sets up for this, uh, I think there's an 1,800 two-year-old race That's coming right. up shortly. Yeah, yeah, three weeks' time on Tatsdale. They put a new, uh, it used to be a 1,400-metre listed race, but they've gone 1,800 this year. And you'd think the third horse has got his name written all over that, wouldn't you? Yeah. The, the, the mm. Kiwi. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, that was a run of uh, two to Karka. Uh, Nathan, while well, we've also got you on the phone, uh, the... Well, we, we spoke before about um, the girls. Uh, Natoya uh, was obviously a big go there, but Nudge and Yamazaki too good, uh, and that was, of course, in the Magic Millions National Classic. What's happening as well with the other fillies and mares races up there in Queensland? Yeah, so we've got the Dane Ripper this weekend, and early noms are terrific for that race. Uh, include Brooklyn Hustle, Flip, 
Fun Star, Exhilarate and Madame Rouge will bypass the Stradbroke and, and most likely go there. Sweet deal as well. So that that sets up for a good, strong tiara. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a really strong race in its own right this weekend, the Dane Ripper. Yeah, that tiara will be um, will be a beauty. What did you make of the move of Natoya Duff? Um, I, I know we said at the start it was a big go, but, I mean, was that warranted? Did you think uh, – are you surprised that Nudge got the chocolates or, or no? Do you think it was, you know, the, the form was there? Oh, the form was there. I reckon there's no more informed mare in Australia at the moment than Nudge. She should have won a lot more races. I, I liked her and tipped her, but uh, I'd say I'd suggest the move for Natoya was um, ratings based and computer based, and she came out of a very fast race last time. Obviously, uh, that Zaki race, and and uh, considering the weight scale of the race and and uh, where she sat in the. Uh, in the mix of things, that's I, I'm I'm suggesting where that that's where that move come from the professional angle, uh, more so than she's flying. Um, so, yep, I get it. But uh, she had every possibility. Put her in the race, got her in a lovely trailing position. She presented like the winner for sure, and uh, just uh, was a untired legs late. Dave, I'd just like to ask Glenn his opinion on this. There were, there were three races in a row there on Saturday where I thought the fluctuations just looked stunning. The first was Lavoie, it was sort of $6 to two ninety. Then Then Natoya, who almost halved her morning quote, and then the third time lucky with Dewis, who was sort of, she was $5 in the morning, ended up SPing $2.80. Yeah, that we, we, we talked about this, uh, just commented generally, Nathan, at the top of the show about how many big goes they were on the day. Uh, some of them, uh, Louvois was a, a little bit strange uh, to me. Um, Natoya, well, it completely floored me uh, how, how she, we said, you know, 43 starts and only started single figures eight times in a life. Um, Jewess, probably not as... Um, uh, a bigger shock, probably the shock was her SP, to be as, as mm. firm as that, when you consider, you know, she was coming out of the ATC Oaks, and the the other form in Brisbane, you know, they'd had different winners of the two races in the Bracelet and the Roses, so the fresh form with Bargain running so competitively in the Roses, and, and Jewess was finished in front of her in the Oaks, but, you know, her SP was probably the biggest shock there, coming off a seven-week break. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, discuss Baller because there's a few texts here, uh, and they're saying uh, when is uh, when is Tony Gollan going to get Kementari as well? Um, <laughs> mate, uh, That'll th- test him. Yeah, that will test him. I mean, look, sensational in the gold market, and then to do that again, uh, this horse has just turned a corner. Yeah, he has. He had no luck at all last preparation. He kept drawing bad barriers, and he was getting too far out of his ground and having too much work to do. But he's a fascinating story, Tony Golling. You, you saw him go to Sydney what, three or four years ago and he'd be the first to admit that it was too soon. He wasn't ready. But he just he's a fascinating guy in that he just continues to learn and he's a deep thinker about his horses as individuals, tries to get inside their head and work them out. And you're seeing that with the some of the horses he's getting off other trainers now and, and getting the results. He had another stakes winner with Satanta later in the day. Um, he he's a real force now wherever he goes, Tony Gollan, and um, it's great for us in Queensland to have, you know, it's sort of harps back to the days of Bruce McLaughlin, who who was always able to do that from his Brisbane base and be competitive down south. Mm, very much. And he's he's done it with Jonker as well. Uh, what he's done with Jonker is amazing. And he's worked baller out that he's just a fresh horse. He, you, you can't back him up week to week, so he, he is a very deep thinker. And he he's getting well. He's getting marvellous results. He's had a, 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 a good a good results in Sydney over the autumn, and and uh, well, just look at just look at the trainers premiership, and that tells it all. Very much so. So what have we got this week? Um, we've, got the, we've got the main event. We've got the Stradbroke uh, this week. And what's what support card are we looking at yeah, uh, apart from the Dane Ripper? Yeah, Stradbroke Barrier draw tomorrow, 5.15 on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Um, JJ Atkins, obviously, where Converge, Port Louis and uh, Tiger Malay clash again. Got Brisbane Cup back to 3,200. Um, I think noms are a little bit light at this stage, so hopefully a few more roll in for, for that. Uh, the Dane River, as we mentioned, in the Q22, where, where Zaki's, uh, we get to have another look at him and see if he can do something similar to what we saw in the Doombin Cup. Fantastic, Fantastic meeting. Have a, have, a good, uh, have a good week, mate. We'll chat next week. Actually, we'll chat next Tuesday, most likely. No, really looking forward to it. Cheers, guys.
thanks. Nathan Exelby from the BRC. Uh, before we get to our first caller, Matt, I might come to you here, Dino. Uh, just on uh, the Brisbane meeting, you would have been, no doubt, intently watching all the races. What was your run of the day uh, in your mind? Uh, I think the Oaks winner, I thought she was, uh, look, it was a magnificent ride, but uh, I just love the way she cut through the field and, uh, and dominated that race. Uh, you know, talk of what she beat, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly never, ever comparing her to Winks, but Winks beat Ungrateful Allen, who couldn't win mares races down here. So you can often tell by the style of a win, and that, uh, Duff, I just think she's going from strength to strength with every run. Yeah, oh, no, no, no doubt she was the run of the day. Mm. Um, she, like you said, she owned the race. It was arrogant and just the manner they went about it and no panic, just cool, calm, collected, away you go. And she is a very interesting filly when she comes back in the spring to see if she can improve again because she's really hasn't had a lot of breaks. And, um, yep, um, I think she stands out as the run of the day there. She All really right. appreciated the true tempo too, I think, Saturday, as opposed maybe to the ATC Oaks, which is a bit of a stop-start race. Yep, but she helps herself. She can relax mm. off any speed, and yeah. she she does have that little bit of a turn of speed. We've got Matt on the line as our first caller. Morning, Matt. Hey, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. Hey, I've got two horses up in Sydney, up in Sydney, up in Brisbane, that one on the weekend that's behind the pocket, so I'm probably talking out of that. But uh, just wondering where they will be going. And what your thoughts are on them. First one, Tumblr Bridge. And the other one was Satania uh, in the last. Okay, boys. Uh, so Tumblr Ridge, I'll get a comment from you. Uh, Tumblr Ridge, which won the gold duel. I think uh, McAvoy set deep on that horse. And there was a really good go in that race, I think, for Bold Style, wasn't there, Munns? Um. Now, funnily enough, Dave, Bold Style sort of held its spot at the top of the market. McEwen was a good go in that race. Uh, Boom Sarah. And the winner was very, very steady right throughout the market there, Tumbler Ridge, because I'm sure I commented before the race, uh, both Tumbler Ridge and McEwen had strong Eagle Farm form. Mm. Yeah, look, I I don't think that was a very strong race. Uh, it was one of those restricted cutest races. And... Just doing the form on it, I thought, geez, this is weak race for 200,000. So I don't know where he stands. He, he does come out of that Queensland yeah. Guineas that, that form is really stacked up. Uh, that private eye Queensland Guineas. I think this, he was about the third winner to come out of it already, including Apache Chase. And, um, there was something else last week come out of that. So yeah, yeah he might. Archer. Kukaracha was the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, he might have some sort of future. And Sentada was a bit of an upset in the last. He um, uh, looked a solid enough field, but he, 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 I just think they went out too hard and he, he got over the top of them late. So he's uh, found his $61 in the middle of the day. Satana, Incredible. Yeah. Around $26. Yep. Extraordinary. And that man, uh, Tony Gollan. Thanks, Matt, for your call. Uh, and by the way, the uh, the lines are open. So if you've got a question for our panel, give us a call straight away. Uh, we've got Steve on the line. Morning, Steve. Uh, hi, boys. How you going? I was out there at um, Rose Hill on Saturday. And I'm not any of you guys are out there, but after the highway race, that um, the number 17 one, I was standing next to up where the owners sit in the in the grandstand. It was about half a dozen of them that have, you know, they've gone berserk. Hundred out, he was going to win, and then one bloke, he was, he would have been at hundred kilos. This guy, so he jumped into one of the other owners in like a try celebration, and the guy's gone down, done his knee in, um, he was completely <laughs> gone. He was there for about two or three hours before they got the ambulance stretcher. I think actually Jeez. one of the later races got delayed because the the ambos had to come and treat him. Yeah, he, he went down in front of the winning post restaurant there. <laughs> um, at the end of the member stand because they had the, yeah. the next race they actually uh, had put the race back a bit because the, uh, the ambulance men were treating him there. There was a couple of policemen standing up there because we could, Paul Joyce and I were, were trying to work out because Darren came on and he said, oh, the ambulance men are attending to a patron on course and we looked up from where we are alongside the enclosure and, we, you know, unusual to see two policemen standing yeah. in the crowd and, and then there was a, a few officials of the ATC there as well so you couldn't actually see, you know, on the seat but there was a good good crowd of people there, so evidently that was the uh, the reason the, the races went back a bit. Yeah, they had the priest there with him. The race course priest was there. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound good. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he was gone. <laughs> Reverend Colin Watts, uh, the yeah. uh, the chaplain there for the ATC. Yeah. He lost his suit. They had to cut his suit's pants in half to, oh, to strap him bugger. up. Jeez. So he's so he's won after the winning race. a race. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was he in the ownership of Dissolate? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was about half a dozen of them in there. It was the poor buggers. They've all left him there. They've all gone down to the yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> oh. the poor bloke that did it. He oh, he was he was he wasn't feeling too good. But um, they jumped into it, caused the incident. But they'll be talking Beautiful. about it for years to come. I'd say that that day. They will be. Yeah, Duff, I'll get a comment from you and, and also Dino on the uh, the highway. Um, what did you make of uh, of the filly? Because she's come from the Ma Eustace stable and she was very good uh, on debut, but she just keeps sort of stepping up and, and raising that bar. Yep, she she was pretty good there. She's lightly raced. She's got a good record. Uh, she's got nice attributes of uh, having loved nice gate speed. She's got a pedigree to say that she can... Uh, get further than 1,100 metres. So there's all there's all positive things with her. Um, um, Moetta's still learning what it's all about. One didn't want to go straight there. Uh, much better run from Anthol um, and Nikki Trick. Just that awkward start and having to work a bit. I'm I'm quite happy to give her another chance out of that race. And Patino Ruby went from one extreme to the other as far as racing on the speed to, to being well back in the field. So there's got to be a fine line from her when she draws a barrier. Uh, she, you know, she finds a, another 1,100-metre highway and draws a barrier. Well, we can treat her as you know racing in a much more forward position. Yeah, not often you see the, uh, the Ma used to team let a horse go, a young horse, um, Dino, but they obviously uh, accepted and went to Matty Dale. And, um, well, it's been Matt's, uh, Matt's collect. Yeah, that's uh, that's true, Dave. They had two on Saturday. Uh, Curran, uh, who won down here, was uh, one that uh, required a throat surgery, I think, and uh, went through a digital auction and made $600. And uh, Lynn wow. Tolson and Leonie Proctor picked him up. And uh, wow. Matt Cartwright had had a little bit to do with him, I think, riding him, but knew knew that he needed a throat surgery. So they bought him online. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he was a my used to source. But I think there was a bit of a recommendation that, you know, give him a go because uh, if you get his throat right, he'd be okay. And uh, certainly has been. 600 bucks. Did they have uh, Satata Satanta as well? Yeah, absolutely. He's the brother to Merchant Navy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, $2.3 million yearling, wasn't he, I think, from memory? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think run-on sprinting's his go, very like Merchant Navy. And I think probably early days Merchant Navy, there was a thought, you know, he might get over a bit of ground too, but I think Satanta's a run-on sprinter. Let's get to David on the line. Morning, David. Oh, how are you going, um, going boys? Look, um, oh, Gendy, I was quite pleased, um, Dean, on Saturday because I backed it and I was slightly concerned, you know, there wasn't a lot of support for it, but in the end I was happy because it paid um, six fifty. But just two things, um, you know, breeding doesn't always mean a lot, but um, first of all, it's bred to, in a way, it's bred to run 2,400. Um, but h- how do you see it? Do you think um, the Oaks or, like, um, if you've spoken to the trainer, what's the plan? Is is the Tart Rossi coming up too early, or? Oh no, what well, she's going to the paddock. Uh, I heard Sam Friedman, Melbourne Radio, this morning actually mention that uh, she may be on a flight tomorrow night to Brisbane, not to race, just to spell, uh, and she'll be back. Uh, and they want to run her in the Atlantic Jewel at uh, Mooney Valley in early September, the Guineas Prelude uh, at Caulfield, and then uh, into the uh, Thousand Guineas and the Empire Rose, maybe. So I don't think she'll get to the Oaks. But uh, she'll be certainly aimed on a Group 1 path, and uh, she's a beauty. Uh, she was, I think she was prepping up with Artorias in the summer, uh, trying maybe to see if she could you know, get to a Blue Diamond, and then they just put her away because she physically wasn't quite strong enough. But she is now. She's a very strong filly, and her trials have been okay. Bred. Yeah, well, she is. Her trials have been okay, but uh, she'd sort of been down on the inside behind horses and... Saturday, she got the first chance to really let rip, and uh, gee, she certainly did that. That was a, an amazing win. If I'm um, Duff, just one thing: if you, I remember at the time, you know, the Frankel, um, he won a race. Was it the Queen and Stakes? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it won by about eleven lengths, and it beat um, X Celebration, who was O'Brien horse was outstanding. But I remember at the time they called it. The the journalists in um, England said it was the greatest performance, not in um, horse racing history, but in sporting history. 
And yeah, it was an unbelievable win. If you, it was about winner one. It's called the Queen Anne Stakes when Frankel. I've never seen a win like it. No, I think it's, it goes down as one of the uh, the great wins of world racing. There's no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, it's Frankel. His his reputation, you know, speaks for itself. Just one, um, Dean. Can I just one more thing? Yeah, yeah Dave. Yeah. Just one thing. Um, breeding doesn't always mean a lot. I'm, I think one of the best bred horses I've seen. You know, the turn of this century um, was Outback Joe. Um, I know he won an Adelaide Cup, but he wasn't much. But he was by Ostrom out of Fletcher Lope. I mean, that's unbelievable breeding. But he wasn't much of a horse. I mean, he won a tenth rate Adelaide Cup, but he was bred to be an absolute superstar, wasn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, he was by he was he was by a Corfield Cup winner out of a Corfield Cup and Melbourne Cup winner. So he certainly was. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of those cases. But I suspect that uh, Agendi is not going to be one of them. Yeah, real good. Perfect. Thanks so much for that. Just on big wins before we get to our next caller. Uh, what about the win over there of the Coolmore filly? Uh, Snowfall was that? Was that uh, the name of the filly that Frankie rode that won by yes, panels? Sixteen lengths. 16 lengths. What did we make of that? Uh, Dino, were you up late night watching the Derby, etc.? Oh, I have looked at all of Epsom. Uh, look, they got they got rain on that that uh, on the Oaks meeting, and they went from. Al Arzi got beaten in the Coronation Cup, which was a bit of a surprise, but the ground was terrible. And then in the Oaks, they went hard to the outside fence, and uh, she uh, she got down the fast. They might have won anyway, but uh, I think the 16 lengths was a bit extravagant. And then the Derby, they moved the rail back in about four metres, and there was a little super highway down on the inside, and the uh, the Derby winner uh, cashed in on that and, and got up uh, in there whilst the, the favourite. That uh, was disappointing, uh, Bolshoi Ballet, but did sit three wide, and the thought was he wouldn't, he'd be struggling in the ground anyway, but uh, he was probably in the slow lane anyway. OK, let's get to... Or go, Duff, before we get no, to the no, next No, I'm just call. saying Australia's not the only place that has that track bias. Uh, they just don't uh, talk about it. We just, they we, just don't talk about yeah. yeah. they, yeah. they, uh, it. Over in France, I think it was France, and they when it poured down rain, the, the smart jockeys would go to the outside fence because there was trees there. Trees, yes. <laughs> and so good wood, they do that at good glorious good wood, yeah. too. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's all sorts of angles. Mm. Let's get to Rob. Morning, Rob. Morning, guys. Just... Just a quick question. Um, this is for all of you. The all-in market for the QE22. I noticed a couple of corporates had um, Zaki at 160. Um, the way it re- won the pre- previous start, and also with the horses that are also nominated, is that is it definitely going to run? Because a dollar sixty seems a bit long, considering the way it won. What do you think? I think at this stage the plan is to run. You know, they're horses and things go wrong. So they spike temperatures, they can pull a shoe, they can prick themselves in the hoof and when they pull a shoe off, then, you know, it's the great uncertainty of racing. So that's where you get the, oh, well, the perceived bonus of, of, of backing, betting all in. But uh, the, the risks are if something goes wrong, you do your money cold. So it's as simple as that. Yeah, you, don't, you, you think that'll start shorter if it does run and it gets to final field? On Wednesday, you think that'll start shorter than that 160 quote? All depends on the makeup of the field. At this stage, you know, we're seeing markets there with a lot of horses in them. There's a there's a chance well, there's we only, might. Yeah. There's only 17 noms, so 17 noms, you see? Yeah. yeah. So it could be a field of five, or it could be a field of 16. You know, it's yeah. one of them. So you're looking at, I mean, in, in qualification order, you're looking at Zaki, Holmesman, Natoya, Toffee Tongue, Mirage Dancer. Spirit Ridge, Quick Thinker, Polly Gray, Warning, Brandenburg, LaDonda V, Reloaded, and then down to... Yeah, it's Hangman, a weaker Banner field. Girl. Yeah, yeah and a weaker no, none, field. Of the, none of the three-year-olds have taken up the option, which would have been a, a small wild card if, if one of them had taken up the option, but not think, to be. Yeah, I think the only... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but the only sort of chink in the arm would be the track. Although we've, we've heard, though, from the... Was it the UK stable that he goes better on top of the ground? But that would be the only... If you were looking for a negative, it would be the, that would probably be one of the firmest tracks he'd ever will ever race on. Correct? Not correct? Well, uh, Durban was pretty firm, wasn't it? Yeah, Durban was. He ran that fast time there. So, yeah, um, yeah I just think we're, we're you know, the great uncertainty of some the, the the theory of some horses aren't handling Eagle Farm, but uh, you know Annabelle's happy to run right in there. Perfect. Okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks for your call, Rob. No, Rob, there. Steve's on the line now. Morning, Steve. How's it going, boys? Good, mate. What's your question? Well, I, I backed the horse each way on Saturday in the race eight at, at um, Sydney. 
and uh, it got beat two and a half lengths, but uh, I thought it still was a good one. And race eight, it was perfect. Birdebeck? John O'Shea's horse. Yeah. It's he's ready the race, to, isn't it? Yeah, he's ready to win now. Um, he's ready to win, yeah. Yeah, yeah John he said... Was, he yeah. was only should be on, mate. Yeah, yeah, he just had nowhere to go the last bit. I think I had John on Saturday morning. Yeah. I, said, what you? I said, you know this horse pretty well. You know, he knows when he can win. And he's, yeah, he's one He's one run short, he said. He's one run short. So Yeah, he's yeah, a good run, mate. Yep, you follow okay. him. Burnabick yeah, uh, there. No for O'Shea and Abdullah. Uh, is he the type of horse John might take to Grafton? Well, we've still got... Um, yeah. much, we've probably got too much time, haven't we? Yeah. He's ready to go. There's something for him. I'd, he'd have a target for him somewhere. Okay. All right. Uh, a couple of texts here on the text line. Munns, this is an interesting one. I, I think it's good to always clarify this because I saw a bit of this on social. Um, Glenn replunges. Uh, with the tab rep on, uh, on seven, obviously... Uh, and yourself on Sky Thoroughbred Central, what they make their sort of market move real hot horse is their opinion compared to yours, which is your opinion on Sky. That's correct, isn't it? Uh, well, I, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you what actually happens on Channel Seven, Dave, because I don't watch it. No, I know. I know. When, no, I'm when, not. When, no, I'm when not, I was saying on that. Channel Seven, no, 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 it no, no, was no, no. my opinion exactly, of what yeah. the horse was. Now, this person is just I, wondering about Natoya. I, I, I so Natoya, I couldn't even tell you what happens on Channel Seven, to be honest, because no, I, I can't watch it. I wasn't asking you to tell me what was on Channel Seven. I'm just You're saying that. Yeah, gee, <laughs> settle down. No, I'm just saying that this bloke's saying, well, how come you know I, I watched he watched Sky and heard you talk about Natoya being a good go, which it was watching right. the computer. And they're just saying when he had it on seven, it was a different horse, and he's just wondering. And I was just getting you to explain that. Well, that's well, your I opinion. Don't, I don't know how you'd find a different horse, Dave, when there was one in the race five dollars to two dollars eighty. I'm only just trying to explain oh, to that have bloke. Have a team meeting. Yes, you need well, to go. We'll have a meeting. <laughs> we'll have a meeting to arrange a meeting that we can have to decide what during the meeting that we're covering um, to meet with. What yes. should we be coming up with? Now, in what about ca- this? In, in contrast to the plungers, what happened with the uh, the Cape Breton situation, $1.80 to $4? Yeah, that was first. weird. Yeah, well, I, I think it was always going to be a drifter um, mm. because we, we said, well, we said on Thursday night, thrill seekers, you can take uh, odds on Cape Breton in the first into odds on ice in Vancouver in the second if you're a, you know, one of those inclined. It, 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 um, it had to get out, but <laughs> I was quite surprised it did get to. Uh, uh, I don't think, we didn't even get to $4, I don't think. And, and I saw $4.40 mm. uh, when we were, and I can tell you, when we were $3.40, I could see $4.40. But you yep. just get to a point, where, where do you stop? You know, you, you, you're going to bet under 100% as it is. Well, how, how, you want to bet 90 and, and give yourself no hope. Um, but there were some really weird things in that race there. For example, when we did the preview, the bottom one, Timfinist, was $51 to $19. We'd had $153 on it. The pay was was wasn't it? It had gone off somewhere. So it it became a race to get Cape Breton out. Mm. So what happens in that situation is you've got to find the percentage somewhere else. So you're turning the other runners off. So the market is becoming... Uh, not the true market where the money is because Cape Breton was still going to be very, very popular because the rank-and-file punters were probably gravitating back to Cape Breton because it was shorter on the tote. And they're just saying, well, how come I'm getting a better price this all the time? And um, there was sort of, you know, solid money without anything sort of out of this world. Even like 100 proof around a race was $13 from 8 o'clock in the morning to $8.50 at 10 o'clock in the morning. We've got uh, Kurt on the line. Now, as I say, good morning to Kurt. Have you got a new uh, mobile, mate? Hello, Kurt. G'day, Dave. Trust you well, mate. How are you, boys? Very good. Have you got a new mobile number, Kurt? No, why? What happened, mate? Well, no, well, you've, you've phoned up, and obviously when people phone up and, and their regular callers, their name goes into the system, but you're calling on a different number. Is this the burner phone? <laughs> No, same phone, landline oh, from the I garage. Gonna, I was going to say... I know say what that would be, Dave. I know what that would be. My nieces and nephews were over on the weekend and they were mucking around with everything in my garage, so that would be them. So, But, boys, did you see the best thing licked on the weekend? Uh, tycoonist? No. One better, if you can believe it, Ron. Mm-hmm. Out of your district. 
Yep. Green Allegra in the Group 1 last night, or yesterday. Oh, okay, I did yeah. see that, Kurt. <laughs> what oh, are you doing? Oh, my gosh, Ron. If you want to have a bit of a spew, have a look at that one, mate. But anyway, Christophe Lemur there, I reckon, sick for at least a week after that. Ron, can I ask you, mate? Uh, uh, um, just, just quickly, Kurt, because you're a French racing expert. There's mm-hmm. a, uh, I think she might be a female trainer. Uh, and based in France, um, but I oh. need. The, yes, uh, yeah. tell me about how do I pronounce her name? Is no, it uh, Shenhub Pauline? I can't. I can't pronounce. Because it, if I'm the ATC, I'd be clearing some boxes at Ramwick or Rosehill ASAP. Uh, Ken Train, have yeah, you seen this, Ken boys? Train. No. Shenhub Pauline, I'll send it to you right now, gentlemen. Yeah. Ron, rocket in by. Where to next? Winning. Um. It may have been a little flattered because of the tempo they went in that race. They went out at warp, warp speed and and the, all those late finishes all come together. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where he sits. He's had a few runs now. He'd be, yeah, they're, they're, yeah I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say winning, but I'm saying yeah, he'll run. He, he's right, you know, he's in good form. And, Ron, I know it's not an easy race for Stratty to win, but over's God going to get me, Ron, $26, Wild Planet? Well, you've got good odds. It's a, geez, it's a wide Stradbroke. It's a very wide Stradbroke. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking wide at this stage, but I could easily change my mind when I delve more into it. You know, I'm looking at horses like Victorian, Deep Victorum, Subpoenaed. I'm even Funny. looking at... Uh, even I am Superman. I'm looking at on that dry surface. Uh, I'll, so I'll, a couple of fresh ones there. Yeah, I'll give you a tip, Kurt. If it draws wide, it'll drift. Well, if Huey Bowman, oh no, Tommy's on. But um, how how good uh, Hubert going from the wide draws? Unbelievable. Yeah. Ron, Ron, can I ask you? Um, I know I've broken your nads about this horse for ages. Never, never river. Ron, what do you? You know, where do you where do you put it in in how good? I know it's only a youngster, but what do you think? Oh, it's it's too hard to to, to tell, Kurt. You know, it's there's not enough exposure there, and um, you know, geez, I, I I can't say where I'm putting it at this stage. I want to have another look at it. Sure, sure. And Ron, you know that horse I've been telling you about, my favourite horse at the moment, Golden Power for Wesley Ward. Yes. That I tipped you in the King's Stand. Well, just a um, bit of an update about not so long ago. He had a bit of a mishap, so he can't go to the King's Stand. He was second fave behind Batash, the other horse I love, as you know. Mm-hmm. And his, his target now is the Nunthorpe Rom. So when I tipped it to you the other week there, and a few have got up, a couple have got up, by the way, in those early tips that I gave you, um, it's going to the Nunthorpe now, not the King's Stand. Okay, I'm told Wesley's taking a real... Oh, I've had half the mortgage repayments on the King's Stand <laughs> now. Good, I'm, I'm told uh, uh, Wesley's taking a very, very strong team of sprinters to Royal Ascot. So He, l- he loves Royal Ascot, Ronnie. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. All right, thank you. All right, one, one for Dino, mate, then I've got to get on with it. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, would Dad at uh, Wangaretta last Thursday, I think, Dean, for Shadwell. I'd like yep. that one. Well, it was very interesting, Kurt, wasn't it? I mean, Shadwell virtually sold all their stock at Magic Millions in the last couple of weeks, and there they were keeping uh, Wadad. So uh, that was a bit of a lead in itself, and uh, yeah, it strolled home. Uh, it had trolled like that too. Um, its trolls have been on wet ground too, so might be better on the wet, but uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, I'll be winning in town very soon. And Kurt, before you go, uh, Never Never River's been exported um, to maybe Hong Kong. Oh, well, there's your answer, Ron. Yep. So Greg Ryan it. did like it, but the money was too good. Hey, yep. give you a quick one, mate, for all the punters out there. <laughs> yes, yes, Kurt. Um, Coventina Bay, I don't know if you've seen it. You would have probably been at um, where you eat on a Sunday, but a couple of Sunday goes at Caloundra, Coventina Bay trialed, and it won by the length of the Flemington Strait. Just for that form now, Ron, because that horse is in the Stratty, and as you know, the NZers don't come up here just to play marbles. The form's been franked on the weekend at Wanganui with uh, Supreme Heights winning that mile wait for age listed race there for anyone looking at that horse and, you know, what, what's around it and whatnot. So a bit of... Yep, uh, it's not going to the Stradbroke, but it's going to another race next Saturday. So we'll keep an eye on that Kiwi.
Beautiful. Thanks very much for that, uh, Kurt. Um, Can you turn them down? Is that good? How, how do you do that? You just turn no. That was Boydo. Boydo just turned it <laughs> down. That's a, that's a good tool, that. But I'd like him. If Kurt's still listening, I'd like him to find out how we pronounce that uh, that lady's name in France. Uh, the uh, the trainer. Very good stuff. Now um, he might ask his niece and nephew who wrecked his phone. <laughs> I swear that's the burner phone. Maybe he's trying to change the old IP address. You know, yes, he can't get on anymore. Um, <laughs> he's at the John Farnham concert. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, what do, we, what do we think, um, uh, Dino, of uh, Great House? Uh, this is a really interesting runner for the Wallace Stable. I know on Friday on the punters panel, Munns even mentioned, you know, this is a, for this type of horse to be having a start now, this could be a big spring ahead. What did you make of it with uh, Barry on board? Was it the ride that won him the race? Oh, it was a, it was a yeah, terrific ride, but uh, he's uh, he is an interesting horse. Uh, they've been yeah pretty patient with him, and uh, you know he's he's a yeah he's a young horse uh, by you know, the European standards. So there's there's a lot more to come, and I thought uh, his win was good. It was a, a fascinating race at about the two hundred way here. He falls trying to get out and sort of virtually laid out onto him um and uh you know the the waller there were white bridles everywhere duff i didn't know which one was going to win but, <laughs> exactly it's uh, a great house uh provided you know he he won and that uh, way here he falls keeps getting a little bit better with each run i think where he falls because he took a while to hit his straps but he's going quite well now yeah um he he's been and he was the most interesting runner on Saturday Great House, and I think mm. we all said, you know, this is Lizzie's one job for the day to work this fellow out because he had been a bit of a handful in the yard, and she got him right. And as soon as she isolated him, then the money come for him. So I was in the camp where if the money did come for him and he get the tick in the yard, he'd win. If not, he'd he'd start seven or eight dollars, and uh, maybe next time with only one soft trial going into the race. So he's got a nice little. All those imports of Chris Wallers, they're young horses, and he just handles them so well. Your Wicklows, he'll be the next one. He'll look after him. He'll have, and then charge through his classes. Great house. And Mubaris is a year older, so it's his, it's his time to shine as well. So he just handles all those young, well, pretty well-made imports in, in fantastic style. All right, boys, need some horses to follow. I'll start with you, Duff. What are we following, mate? Um, well, I, I think Wicklow. Uh, there's nothing tricky from me. He, he he looks promising, and I think the other one is that I think that Kiwi Tutakawa Kaka uh, will win that eighteen hundred metre two year old race in um, in Queensland in three weeks time. All right, uh, Dino. Uh, we seem to spend half the show on Argentia, but she's certainly well worth following. Horse called De Niro ran well first up. He got squeezed out at the start and got too far back, but. Ramwell, he's only a benchmark 78 sort of horse, but he can win one soon. Um, Maserati Bay was the other one. He was, I thought, probably ready to win Saturday with Luna Flair. Luna Flair got the run through. He was three wide the whole way. He ran very well and just won. Uh, it was a very interesting winner on Saturday at Bendigo, a horse called Hosier, who'd only had one start in, uh, or two starts in Ireland and been beaten two lengths by Tiger Moth in a maiden. Uh, he came out first up for... Team Williams won by about five lengths, led all the way, and uh, he might be a really interesting stayer watching him come through the grades. Beautiful. And Munns, your horse to follow? Uh, well, it was a tragedy beaten on Saturday, but he's shown at his last two runs, Tycoonist, he's getting through rain-affected tracks a little bit better than he was last time in. Uh, he was in the worst part of the track at Ramwick, and he was a tragedy beaten there on Saturday. And one we highlighted, a first run back from a spell, La Grisa. Uh, she ran up to that run on Saturday, and she's crying out for a bit firmer going as well. All right, gentlemen, that is uh, Partners Postmortem for this Monday. Have a good weekend, guys, or a good week ahead. See you, guys. Thanks, Dave. All right, uh, let's take a break. We've got two New South Wales meetings coming up today. We've got Tari and Goulburn. We'll be back shortly with those previews.